This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. And without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Well, hello and welcome to the Behold podcast, everybody. If you are new around here, this is a simple podcast where we just like to chew on God's truths together and just talk about what they mean in our lives today. So Sean and Dan, as always, and we have with us a dear friend, a, a tower of power. Yeah, one would say. He, he's a tall man, tall drink of water. Wow. <laughs> oh. The one and only Charles Laomang. Uh, th- hi, guys. <laughs> it's good, good to see you. <laughs> Oh hey, before boy. we get into the podcast, Charlie, I'd really like to get your take on, uh, you know, on aliens, uh, UAPs and, and the what and the like, you know, UFOs, unidentified aerial phenomenon. What yeah. are your thoughts? Yeah. Lots of questions. That's my thoughts. Lots of questions. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, on that note, yep. how you doing, Chuck? What's going on this week for you? Ah, it's been a nice, a nice quiet week, which is, which is great. Um, just good, good routine, good consistency. Um, kids are excited that school's almost done and we're just kind of keeping on, keeping on, you know, keeping on, keeping on. Yes, sir. I do know. Daniel, how you doing? I'm doing great. Doing great. Uh, feeling a little sleepy. Kids were up late last night. We went to uh, a CYT, uh, showcase. Uh, I didn't even know what I was doing. I just, Emily was just, I got home from work. She's like, let's go. Hopped in the car, drove to Cornerstone, and uh, there was a bunch of VBCers all up in there. Shout out to all you CYTers. Uh, they had a bunch of skits and songs and dances, and it was a wild time, but but it was fun. I, I do feel like Hazel is, uh, she got a little bit of the CYT bug. She got the bug. Just oh, watching yeah, and yeah. being up there, and I'm afraid I'm, I'm afraid going to have to jump into those waters here pretty quick. They've got a great a great summer program. Yeah. Uh, four weeks, you know, it's one week that you can sign up for one week, but they yeah. offer it four different weeks and apparently it's a great, great thing. So if you don't know what CYT is, it's Christian youth theater. So you can have some context for what we're, what we're talking about. Actually, this is cute. My, uh, my niece Carly is in CYT also, and she's been doing it for a few years and she loves theater and she loves stage. And then recently at Wendy's birthday party, you guys were there and Doug and Kelly and Carly were there and Hazel runs up and she's like, oh my gosh, Carly's here. She's like famous. She's famous. Oh, yeah, she's yeah. like, I love Carly. Can Let me you see if me? I can get a selfie? Let me <laughs> see if I can get a selfie. So good. Uh, yeah, it's funny. Anyways, yeah, great time. Sounds fun. Uh, thanks for asking, guys. I'm doing great too this week. Hey, we were going uh, to get there kidding. eventually after we talked about aliens for a while. Yeah. Uh, I got a lot of opinions about aliens, but not, not for today. Maybe next week. Well, you should do a whole podcast on it next wow. week. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. It's good. It's the X Files. Oh, I thought you were going to do like but close, close encounters. So, What's the close encounters? You know, where they're trying to communicate with the keyboard? Yeah. What is that? I don't know. Hey, this is a fun story. The man who played that in yeah. the movie, like in the scene. If like you've he seen recorded it, it or whatever. Yeah. The one like in, in the actual movie scene when you like see and they're like, oh, they have the keyboard out and the aliens come out and he plays the thing at the yeah. very end. The actual man in the movie who played it was my dad's boss at the time. That can't be true. It's true. Because my dad at the time worked for ARP Instruments. Which was, which was before now, there's so many different companies, but that was at the time, one of the earlier makers of synthesizers and they used an ARP synthesizer in the thing. That's the one. We there did it. We, I was looking too, but I was like, I don't know if I don't know how to do this. So. This is okay. We're, we're getting off the rails. Anyways, 
They said Arp. he said if you want to use my ARP synthesizer, I got to be in the movie. So they let him play oh, it. So he's in the movie. Dude, what a power play! I know what a boss. I love that. Okay, so back to Jesus. <laughs> uh, this is great. This is great. Charlie, remind us what you talked about on Sunday. Uh, at the crossing, we are in Second Corinthians chapter four, verses sixteen through eighteen, and just this whole whole. Um, I don't know, attitude of Paul as he looks at his suffering, as he looks at what he has had to endure for the gospel, as he looks at what is being accomplished in that process, he arrives to that, that statement, just a profound statement, so we do not lose heart. Um, and, and again, continues that contrast, right? Like even though the outer nature is wasting away, the inward self is renewed day by day. And, and then one of my favorite verses ever, this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond comparison as we, so, so we have a responsibility in that as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen because the things that are seen are transient, they're fading away. The unseen is eternal. And so, I mean, just a great challenge for us in the sense of, of what we do when suffering approaches and when we're in the midst of, of hard times is that we keep these things in mind that, that God has given us incredible hope. He has given us this treasure, even though it's in weak and frail frames. Um, and we are able to, uh, we are able to focus on the hope and the glory that is in store for us and even taste some of that now. So, wow. That, that, that's convicting, honestly, because like Paul is so nonchalant about that in some ways of just guys, this is, this is, this is light and momentary affliction, yep. you know? And Paul's going through really hard stuff, you know, and as the people he's speaking to are going through really hard things. And yet he can still so boldly and confidently say, this is light and momentary, you know, and what's coming for us is not momentary. It's eternal and it's not light. It is the greatest weight of glory we can imagine, you know, and it's convicting because I think a lot of times, at least myself, I know a lot of us, we don't treat our suffering like that. You know, we don't talk about it like it's light and momentary. We make a big deal out of it. We just, we, we complain. We do. We're human. Well, well and the, the thing that I, I really like that you did, you know, Charlie, was I used a word that really resonated with me, discouragement. Yeah. So your second point under that header, that first header was like, basically on, on that outer wasting away, you, you likened it to like discouragement. Like basically yeah. that's the idea. And because I think sometimes we think of suffering, to your point, Sean, of like, Oh, this like t- really awful, terrible thing is happening to me. And definitely that is right. Yep. But also it's just like living in this world takes a toll. Like it's just a daily grind of just like, there's things that are, that are beating us down because, because of the effect of the, the, sin, the curse of sin on, yep. on the, on the planet, you know? And, and there's just, it's just hard, right? It's just hard to kind of like be and live and work and do what we have to do. And so that, I think because what you were talking about, Sean, like sometimes I look at Paul's life and I'm like, dude, that, like I, I don't suffer at all because I, mm-hmm. I'm not being like beaten, you know, within an inch of my life or thrown out of the city or stoned or whatever, arrested. Um, and for, I think for him facing constant rejection from those that he desired so much to know the Savior, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I feel yeah. like that was a huge piece of it as well. Yeah. For sure. So, so anyway, the discouragement descriptor there was really helpful for me. It's like, okay, no, like that resonates with me. I, I think, I don't know. It's easy to get discouraged, yep. you know? And so to just say, okay, well, what do I do in the face of that? Well, then I, I've got to, I've got to take hold of the, the plan that God has given me for inner renewal. Yep. And yeah, I, well, yeah. and I think that like our ability to endure in the midst of difficult things to endure well, right. Which means that we're not letting discouragement, um, 
characterize our lives. So to endure well, it is predicated on the hope that we have. Yeah. And, and God designed it that way. He's, that's why he has given us these precious promises, everything we need for life and godliness, right? So that we can continue on, so that we can continue to, to um, again, endure well with this in mind, that by doing so, God is accomplishing great stuff in us, but he's also using us, right, in, with the world around us. And that's been a huge part for me in my own growth with this stuff, is remembering that as I endure well, God is using that to extend his grace to more and more people. And man, that, what, what, a, what a motivation, right? Yeah. Well, and I love that you just said the word characterized, you know, of like, yeah, like you're saying, Daniel, of course it would be, it'd be weird if you were never discouraged. That's not the human experience in a broken world, right? But I think the question is, is, is your life and your character and your attitude characterized by discouragement? Because that's not right. That's not, that's not what God intends for us, you know, as we're being a witness and a light. To, to, to his glory and his transformative grace for us and all those kinds of things. So we can be discouraged, but are we characterized by, by discouragement? And I think Paul outlines that well when he talks and he, he'll say things like have joy always, you know, or do not lose heart or these kinds of things of just, yeah, suffering happens, but we can't be characterized by it. Cause if we are being characterized by it, then we're not doing what you just described. Yeah. We're not, we're not allowing God to glorify himself through all the way we suffer and through our lives. So I love that. Yeah, just that focus on on his glory. And you even gave us some some to-dos and some takeaways of how we how we do that, right? Dan, did you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, so Charlie had had given us some some homework, which I always appreciate. And just because it's you know, it's clear. And it's it's kind of cool even just to think about, okay, you know, here here's my my brothers and sisters, my church family, and we're all kind of getting after the same thing together during yep. the week. I think that's <clears throat> can be a unifying you know, which thing. is the purpose of those resurrection life groups. And although we're getting close to the end of this series, I'm sure we're going to do something similar again in the future. So I'll just promote that again. Yeah. It's so good for us to be in, you know, to be going through this stuff together. It creates unity and, and it's, it's worth that, that experience. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you gave us some, some passages to just to look up. And then the idea was, let's look at the benefits of the gospel outlined in these passages. And, you, you outlined some, some of them, you know, in, in the text we looked at on Sunday and you said, Hey, this is the tip of the iceberg, like the tip of the tip, because there are, you know, thousands upon thousands of benefits of that the gospel produces in us, in our lives. And so what's, what's the song? I think it's called 10,000 reasons, right? But 10,000 reasons for my heart to sing, right? Like, like, and obviously that's not necessarily pulled straight from scripture because I think 10,000 is probably a lower number. Than, than, than what's actually areas, available yeah. to us. Yeah. But man, to have that heart and attitude, right, that there, we could spend eternity looking at the grace of God and and marveling in it. Why aren't mm-hmm. we doing that now if we're not, you know? Right, right. So so one of the passages you gave us was Psalm 103, and I was looking at it this week, and just it's just so rich with these these gospel benefits. And it's interesting to, to read this, you know, obviously— David is is being inspired by the Holy Spirit to write this, and and he's being shown things that, uh, <clears throat> you know, are prophetic and ahead of time. You know, like because he's not really like us as as members of this new covenant mm. are walking in these things in in a fuller way than David even did. Right? Yep. You know, when we talk about the the personal presence of of Jesus by his, by the Holy Spirit living in inside of us. You know, that's something that, that David didn't experience when we talk about the, um, the once and for all atonement of sin 
that Jesus secured for us at the cross. That's something that David didn't experience, you know, but still he, he's able to, to, to peer into like the reality that we're all in. Well, and I think, I think too, it's, it's, and and you look throughout David's Psalms and it's, it's understanding the character of God as evidenced in creation, as evidenced in the law, as evidenced in his own experience with God. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I believe, especially in light of the covenant that, that, God gave to David that brought he brought David into with him. Um, David had a clear understanding, not necessarily of all the details, but that God was working through him and was working through history to bring humanity to this point totally. where, where the Savior would come. So you're right. So I think you can read something like Psalm 103, and even though you know, again, it happens before right. Jesus coming, it's still it's still echoing God's character in his heart for his people. And so, man, there's great benefit. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the, the thing I just wanted to start us off with, maybe we could just kind of go back and forth and see what benefits you guys see in there. But just the thing that really struck me was, uh, kind of the connection between, between, I mean, it's really three, four and five is for me. And I'll just read it. It says, bless, I guess I got to start in two. I mean, for that matter, might as well just start in one, right? Let's just (laughs) read it from one. So, so David says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And so for me, like, what I see there from three to four to five is like just uh, God one-upping himself. Mm. You know, it's just like this, this, but wait, there's more type of thing, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Because wouldn't it be enough if God just said, hey, I'm going to take away the guilt from all the bad things you've ever done. That's what, that's what that word iniquity is all about is like, it's like the, the evil, the wicked, the terrible things that we've all done. God says, I'm going to remove like the guilt that's attached to that and the punishment, you know, that would be enough. But then he says, Hey, I'm all, wait, there's more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm also going to bring healing to your life, you know? And, and we got to have the right theology on this, right? Because God doesn't always heal the way we want him to heal or in the time that frame that he wants us to. I, I had you know somebody, I, mean? I had somebody once asked me, uh, why do you think God didn't heal Sarah? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. what are you talking about? Yeah. She's more healed now She's than healed. she ever would exactly. be on this side of eternity. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and how many times did God preserve her life and extend Absolutely. her life 100%. through miraculous healing? Well, like, I, I would say know? every, every morning we wake up and we take that first breath, we should have this acknowledgement of, God's healing power well, to, to yeah, sustain God us. God is yeah. sustaining me. Yeah. Like I yeah. am here for a reason. You know what right, I mean? It's right. almost like we should rejoice and be glad because of that every mm. day that God has made for us. Wow. I like that. So anyway, so then, so then, I mean, that would, that would be enough. Right. But then he's like, but wait, yeah, but there's, there's more. more. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to pull you out of the miry clay. I'm going to pull you out of this pit that you're in and I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to crown you with steadfast love and mercy. So it's, it's like, it's God just rescuing us and then adorning us with, with, with his favor and his grace and his love and, and, and his mercy. And then there's more. uh, It's it's been a while since I've studied this one, but I think pit is synonymous to some degree with death. Mm. That, that, that that is like, we're on that road. We're on that. You know what I mean? And he says, so that redemption of life from the place of death is huge 
But not just that, he's also crowning you, which definitely speaks to that familial kind of relationship, right? Sons and daughters of the king. Yeah, it's used, it, it, David uses it elsewhere as like, to, as a grave, you yep. know? So, yep. and then- But wait! There's more, and, <laughs> you know? And then, and then and this is the thing that I, I just, I think this is so amazing. Like, that God does not have to do this. Like, he says, I'm actually going to, those, those lo- deepest longings you have in your heart, those desires that you have, I'm going to fulfill those in a, in a way that actually satisfies you. I'm mm-hmm. going to fulfill those in a way. It's, it's, it's really to me, you know, second Corinthians four, what we, what we just looked at like verse 16, like it's that inner renewal. Mm-hmm. God says like, I'm going to give you everything you need so that while you're outwardly wasting away, I'm going to get, I'm going to let you soar like an eagle, you yeah. know? Yeah. And I, I just think so many times we go to, you know, these lesser loves, like these, these broken leaky cisterns for, for, to get a drink of water. When God says, I'm, I'm the fountain of living water. Like come to me. It's always fresh. It's always new. And you're going to, you're, you're going to be satisfied. Uh, it's not sometimes, uh, the low hanging fruit. Like it's easy sometimes to go to the cistern because it's just right there. Maybe, maybe the hike to the, to the, to the, well, you know, the hike to the, to the fountain is, is like, oh, I don't know. It's, it's not, it's not the easy way out. It God's seems, satisfaction yeah, yeah. is not always the easiest way out, but it's the good satisfaction, which exactly. I think, I think I love that phrase. Like he satisfies you with good. Yeah. And I, and yeah. anytime you see that kind of qualifier, like this satisfaction is a good one. It implies the negative of the other side. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. so there are bad things that we seek to satisfy us, but totally. God says, no, I want to, I'm going to satisfy you with good things. I love it. Um, yeah, and I love this makes me think about because I was just looking last week at Philippians two, you know, about the promise God makes when we work out our salvation with mm-hmm. fear and trembling. You know, it's hey, as, as we as we work out and and develop and pursue our our abiding with with Jesus and with God, God promises He's gonna He's gonna work in us with His power for those two things to will and to work you know, for his good yep. pleasure, for his glory. And same kind of thing. He's going to, he promises when we do that, he's going to work in us to will. He's going to give us the will to glorify him. He's going to give us the heart, the desires to glorify him. And then he promises not only that, he's going to give you, he's going to work in you to work, to to do so, to give you the ability to fulfill those. So, so I just love his faithfulness demonstrated both there and then also in Philippians of just, man, when you dig in, he, he doesn't, he's not enough for him to just have you not die. You know, he wants relationship with us yep. and he wants us to be unified with him in heart and in action and spirit. And I just, woof. Yep. Well, and, and how, how good are those things, right? In the, in the context of suffering, right? To go back to this and say like, I'm sick. I'm a sinner. Mm-hmm. I'm, 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 di- I'm dying. I'm in <laughs> yeah. the pit. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I'm seeking things that don't satisfy me, but this is who my God is. Right. And you, you go on to six, right. And it's, I, th- I love this one. This is a huge one for me in the context of a world that is so marked by injustice and oppression that he works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. And, and we can stand in that even, even when we don't necessarily see it, we know that God is working in, in that process, man. Can I set my hope on that? Can I, can I, when I look at the political spectrum, when I look at abortion, when I look at these kinds of issues Mm -hmm. that we have surrounding us and that we're inundated with constantly, and we have many of us emotional and strong feelings towards that stuff, can Mm -hmm. I, can I confidently say that I have a God who is working righteousness in in the midst of those situations? Um, 
And, and even when I can't see it, I can trust it, right? And so again, it's that whole thing. I'm looking to the unseen. I'm looking to what God has promised to do. I'm looking to what he, he has committed himself to. And, and man, that is going to give me endurance in the midst of things that are difficult. Man, this is so fitting. I'm going to, because I was again thinking about the Philippians and just right after that, working out your salvation, the promise God makes, what, is it, what does Paul say? He says, there, because of that, do all things without grumbling and disputing. And then he goes into detail. I'm just keep reading this. It's just so good. Do all things without grumbling or disputing. Now that you have, you know, worked, you're working on your salvation. God is working in you to unify your heart with him and give you the ability to do those things. Do all things without grumbling that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life. So that in the day of Christ, I may be proud that I did not run in vain he goes on, even if I'm poured out as a sacrifice, we can rejoice. You know, I'm glad. And he says, so likewise, y'all be, be glad and rejoice with me. And I just love that same duality of even yeah. if we're poured out as sacrifices, even if it's a, a, a one-time thing, like a martyrdom or a daily thing, like you were talking about earlier, just, man, we have reason because of that beauty to rejoice and be glad in the face of discouragement, which is, I think, what at least I struggle with or, sometimes. Or in the face of, of things that should produce discouragement. Right. Which, without the savior. You know and I mean? we talk about it all the time. That's like the Christian calling card. One of them is, Oh, when the world sees, Oh, that should be ruining your life. That should be discouraging you so much. Why is that not? That's the opportunity we have to glorify God in this process. So is, is the, it, I'm a little, I'm a little lost because is it, is it wrong to, to be discouraged or, or is it more like, is it more like, Hey, you're gonna, you're going to be have the opportunity day in and day out to be discouraged. It's going to happen. And here's what you do with that discouragement. Or, or is it more like if we have discouragement, we, we we're, that we're doing something wrong. Uh, uh, take away that third one. Okay. I, I think focus on the first two and, okay. put, them, and put them together. Okay. Yes. And yes. The, be, yeah, the first yeah, two. Right, yeah. Because, because I feel like I look at my own life and, and areas where a year ago, the the difficulty would ruin me right like mm. it would it would and it would and the enemy would capitalize on that to try to sow seeds of temptation or or whatever else in and that could be a spiral of discouragement it could be a spiral of trying to escape the the mm. suffering whatever it might be right um and and what i've found is that as i've developed this kind of pattern in my life of of focusing on those promises and those kinds of things when the discouraging thing comes my way it doesn't infect me nearly as quickly or nearly as much, right? So we're going to face discouragement, and that is not sinful. Jesus faced discouragement. I mean, constantly. Mm-hmm. You look at the disciples' silly behavior. You look at the leaders of, of the Jewish church, right, Like, and, mm-hmm. and their foolishness. You look at him coming into Jerusalem and weeping over Jerusalem because of their failures. You, you, you see that. You see him in the garden, right, mm-hmm. sweating blood and anguish, saying, if this cup can be removed, God, do it, right? Like, those are all situations that, that are discouraging situations. Mm-hmm. But what does Jesus do in that? He considers the joy set before him. He continues on and endures well in the midst of those things that could cause him to spiral into that discouragement, right? And so I think I think there's that 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 two sided thing, right? If you're discouraged right now, that that doesn't mean you're in sin, but that because it's an emotional kind of thing. That's the way God designed us. So so when that discouragement starts to well up in you, it's what do you do in that process? 
and and I think that a lot of us are our knee jerk is to run to things that satisfy but not in a good way, mm. right? We're going to run to things to try to numb out or to try to escape or try to bolster our own pride or whatever it might be in order, in order to combat that. It, that. Those things will never satisfy the way they promise. They're, they're lies, right? Um, but what we've been given are these eternal promises that when we go to that well, we're never going to be thirsty. When we go to that source of life, man, it, it fills us up and, and what would normally produce sinfulness and, and anger or, or hatred in us. Instead, this situation can produce actual joy in us. Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. All, all those kinds of things, right? That's interesting. I, th- there's, I think we can be discouraged for different reasons, right? So we can be discouraged for the wrong reasons, like like maybe we're, we're discouraged that, you know, I don't know, wrong reason, but more like worldly or selfish reasons. Like maybe I'm discouraged that I'm not getting the, the praise that I feel like I deserve, you know, uh, at work. Or I'm, I'm discouraged that um, my wife isn't doing what I want her to do. Or I, I'm discouraged that my political agenda isn't being achieved. You get what I'm saying? The more self-serving things, but we can also be discouraged. Like when you ran through that whole thing about Jesus, like we can be discouraged because we have a heart for something that we want. That's good to happen. And it's not happening. Yeah. Which I think, but let me say real quick, just cause I, I really do. I want to make sure we differentiate between be discouraged, the discouraging things that come our way and getting into that. So, so the be discouraged, I think what I'm, what I, what I mean is the discouraging things. I'm meaning yes. the first thing. Yeah. The discouraging yeah. things are coming, right? And they could be coming for like di- different motivations, I guess. Totally. What I'm yeah, which I think it's important to like shift the paradigm a little bit and just talk about the definitions here. Because discouragement, I think, is different than heartache or sorrow or despair you know, or, or despair. Yeah. yeah, they're all different. And when I think discouragement, I think specifically the antithesis of courage, I guess, which is, you know, what is courage? Courage is you, you have some kind of hope or strength or boldness to do something that otherwise you wouldn't do. Mm -hmm. And so discouragement is, is the removal of that. And I don't think that's ever a godly emotion. I don't think God ever intends that for us. That's why we see commanded all the time. Do not be discouraged. But I think absolutely there's sorrow, you know, or there's, there's weariness or like a heaviness or yeah. a heavy heartedness that, that maybe that's what I'm thinking. God has of. that, yeah. you know, looking at people sinning, you know, we grieve the Holy spirit when we do that. That's a, that is, I think godly, but I think it's the opportunity there. Like you're saying is sometimes we take things that should be received as, oh man, this saddens my heart because I yearn for this for them. And then it becomes discouraging for us. That's and what, that's I'm, that's what, what think, I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. the hang up because, because yeah. I think that the first one is that's that's an emotion grounded in love. It's I'm sad because I love you, Charlie. Yep. And, I, and I and I want this for you. That's what God desires for. He has that heart towards us. <sighs> but but then when I take that and I turn that into, but now I'm discouraged because I don't have hope that you're gonna, whatever that becomes. You make it about you. Or that's whatever. where Satan, I think, can yeah. take that and run with it. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's good. Well, and I think you know back to to Psalm 103. I think it's such a great companion passage for this section in second Corinthians, because mm-hmm. what is, what is God trying to get us to do through Paul is see the big picture yep. to think of the, the eternal weight of glory to, to think of 
the, the promise that we, that will be fulfilled. We're, we're in this moment in history right now where it's God's kingdom and his promises are already, but not yet all the way. So there's like, we're waiting for that perfect completion, but you see that same kind of heart in Psalm 103, whether he's talking about the healing or he's talking about the justice or he's talking about God's kingdom being established and it'll never be moved, you know? Yeah. Like there's, there's an eternal perspective in, in both of these passages that, you know, it, sometimes I think that's where we get off track is we, we're expecting things to happen in our timing with our, you know, agendas and our particulars, right. As opposed to just saying, Hey, let me zoom out, see the big picture. God has not failed up until this point. Why would I think he's, he's going to stop doing what he's, you know what I mean? Right. And it, well, and that's one of the reasons why I chose Psalm 103 as yeah. one to go through, not just because he says at the beginning, do not forget his benefits. Right. It, and, and the focus is on the benefits. But if you look down in 15, he says for as, as for man, his days are like grass he flourishes like a flower of the field. The wind passes over it and it is gone and its place remembers it no more. I mean, how much does that echo these jars of clay? This idea of outwardly we're wasting away. That is life. But then what does he go on to say? But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children, mm. right? To those who keep his covenants, to those who are in that relationship with him. Yeah, that's good. And and so, yeah, that's what we want to counter is when I look at the frailty of my own existence and the suffering that that ensues because of that, I need to counter that with the thing that blows my own frailty out of the water. And that's the eternal promises of God. Wow. This reminds me of um, the charge that Paul gives in Romans 15, you know, may the God of all hope. And and mm-hmm. I just love, I feel like it's a good reminder for me in this kind of situation of just, this is what God wants for us. You know, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace but then with a the qualifier there, as you trust him, as you trust in him, as you trust in him, may he fill you with joy and peace so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I think yeah. that's what I'm thinking about in just this whole, are we characterized by discouragement or not? And like, I want someone to look at the way I'm suffering and see, wow, that person is overflowing with hope. Even though they're they're saddened by things or dealing with hard things, they're not like naive. They don't have their head in the sand. Jesus says, "Blessed are those who mourn." Right? Blessed are yeah. those. It's it. That's going to happen. Yeah. Like, but what's going to glorify God and expand His kingdom, and as that happens, build that thankfulness in us that yep. we see in Second Corinthians is us being overfilled with hope and just overflowing with that hope. Which then the grace that we have received extends to more and more people. We see the kingdom continue to go out. And again, I just, I love coming back to that motivation because that's what drove Paul. That's what drove Jesus <laughs> more importantly. And, and I think that I, I look at my own life and I want that to drive me more that by doing these things, by, by acknowledging these things, by beholding Jesus, by setting my mind on him, by doing that, that kind of stuff, not only am I experiencing uh, the, the beauties of God's promises, but he is communicating through my life the genuine truth of the gospel. Mm. Wow. Well, what do you, what do you guys think? I mean, let's let's get a little bit like vulnerable here. Let's get let's 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 go there. Uh oh. Um. What 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 are some things? What are what's your what's your go to knee jerk reaction when things don't go your way? When whether it's suffering or there's the temptation to be discouraged or whatever, like what. What what do you guys do? What's the 
you know, I think what's our deepest, darkest sin. Yeah. Is that what you're asking? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I don't know how, how beneficial that would be, but, but, um, no, I, I think it more of, uh, cause you outlined some ones, right? Like we escape yep. or we, or we, um, we maybe puff up and we right. get all angry or yep. whatever. So, you know, what's, what's kind of the thing that you are working with the spirit of God on to, to, to turn, to turn around, you know, cause this section obviously like gives us some, some great, a charge, you know, to, 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 to turn away from that. So I just think it'd be cool for us to share. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that, that it depends on the situation for me. There are definitely things that motivate me to try to escape my suffering or to numb out from the suffering, to not think about it. And, and there's a variety of avenues, you know what I mean? We don't need to get into the nitty gritty, but things that like, especially in the past have been like a, that's more of the knee jerk. I, I feel like in my life at this point, my knee jerk has become more and more getting on my knees before Jesus. You know what I mean? And saying, hey, you've I trained need yourself to, to do yeah. that. Yeah. Well, and the Lord has, has showed his faithfulness and he, there's just been that continued growth. Um, but, but also, I mean, you think about like, the, we've used that example before of get cut off something as small as that. And what happens? My pride wells up like that person did that. Did they not know who I am? Like it's got this, we might not say that, but that's how we're acting. Right. And so if we feel slighted by somebody in the workplace or somebody at school or, or wherever it might be, and that produces this sense of how dare they, what is that revealing about your heart? Well, I think it's going to be that, that prideful kind of, you know, puffing up. Hmm. That's great. Thanks for sharing, Charlie. Uh, let's move on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll, I'll jump in. I'll share it while you're thinking, Sean. Uh, I think for me, the, the pity party is, is, hmm. is something I, I go to a lot where it's just like, okay, this, this didn't go my way or, this person wronged me or whatever. And I think for me, it's just like, feel sorry for myself, hmm. you know? And yeah. So I think that is something that it doesn't produce this resurrection life. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't give me an opportunity to, to be, it makes me feel good in the moment, you know, yeah. cause I, cause it's like, Hey, pity party, everyone's invited. Let's hang out, you know? But, but it, it's that same thing from Psalm 103. Like it's not one of the good things that God has given. It to will never satisfy. satisfy. Yeah. yeah. It exactly. might feel like satisfaction, right. but ultimately it's just going to produce m- more and more. That's, and that's a great one. Like, I feel like I have those moments as well where, where I, and, and my, my whole thing is not necessarily to do the pity party. I'm going to do a pity pit. I'm just going to go hide somewhere, you know what I mean? Away from everybody. Yeah, because you're an, you're an introvert. Just sit in it. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't like to suffer with other people. I'm just going to go suffer by myself. You're an extrovert. You want to make sure everybody's suffering oh, with yeah, you, yeah, right? Yeah. It's going to oh, bring yeah. them into that. Um, but I, I, yeah, right? Like, and and how, man, look at Paul's example here. And 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 look at Jesus' example, right? When he is, is when Paul is facing uh, constant rejection, and, and people are not getting on his page. And even these churches that have accepted the gospel, they are letting these other teachers come in and dissuade them from truth, dissuade them from what Paul, right? Like he has every reason to have a, a little pity party about that. Yeah. And what or to he, give up. Or, or to give up, yeah. right? What does he do? He focuses on what his confidence truly is in. Yeah. Is it in my own ability? Is it in myself? Is it in that my ideas are better than everybody else's so they should be on board with me? No, it's in the gospel. Yeah. Man. Mm. That's so good. And it's almost, it's funny because everyone who knows me and Dan knows this, like we're best friends and we're very different how we're wired and God uses that frequently for our, our benefits. 
And so with this exact thing, I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum where my tendency is not pity party. It's almost like to an unhealthy level, my tendency would normally be, I think, there is no pity. You know, just just move on. Where, you know, I got thick skin. It's easier for me to not get discouraged by stuff. But I think in that process, like, I just think I missed opportunities for that verse 15 of, I mean, this isn't just for you. You know, like, it's easy for me to not get discouraged. It's easy for me to understand. You know, this is like, this is not a big deal. I can just keep chugging. But Paul's saying, like, this isn't for your benefit. This is so that God's grace can extend to more and more people. And that's, I think, what I frequently forget about is like, it's not just about putting your head down and grinding and not being discouraged. It's about being loving, you know? It's about using these as, these things as opportunities to demonstrate God's grace in your life, to demonstrate what he's working in in the midst of these on face value discouraging things, you know? So that's one for me that definitely I need more of like Holy Spirit guidance to give me a heart of Jesus in those mm-hmm. moments because I think there's so many opportunities and so many examples, I mean, of Paul, but especially of Jesus where specific things will happen and someone is in hardship and if I were in that exact thing, I'd be like, you're okay. And just walk away, you know, like, Hey, we have, we have strength in God. Everything's fine. But then Jesus doesn't do that. You know, mm-hmm. Jesus extends just heartfelt um, help and love and kindness and compassion, whether it's for, you know, someone really close to him or so anyways, it doesn't matter. But that's my, my burden is just, I think anti-pity party is not any better, you know, mm-hmm. of it, pretending there's no hardship mm-hmm. is not. Yeah, not what God intends either. You know. Yeah. Well, I, I almost think like just as we've we've all kind of gone around and shared, and maybe you guys listening at home are thinking of kind of what your knee jerk reaction is, and it just reminds me of of what I feel like is a central theme throughout this whole section of scripture is this covenant life, this resurrection life is not about you, hmm. right? I mean, Paul. That's how he starts off. He's like, he's like we don't claim anything is coming from us. Like our sufficiency is from, is from Christ and his gospel. You know, we, Hey, we're, we are um, just vessels of this glory. Like God has put it in us, these weak, feeble vessels to show that the surpassing glory belongs to to Mm -hmm. God and not man. And so, man, I just think life becomes a lot simpler and, and more uh, it's hard, harder, I feel like, but, but like more, we know what to do more mm. when we, the more we realize that life's not about us. Yep. Yep. And, and the reason we can do that with confidence is because God says, I'm about you, right? God says, I am for you. So that frees you up to not Amen. have to be about yourself Dude, anymore. That's so good. And so to be able to kind it's of not walk a self, in that. It's not a self-deprecating deprecating thing. thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's not like, it's not like, okay, fine. Like I'll just, no, no, no. It's, it's, this is what the Lord has done for me. He's shown me compassion. He's shown me grace. He's been patient with me. He's been kind with me. He's not throwing pity parties when I don't do what he wants. Like he's not. And so as I focus on all of those benefits, all those things that we would put under that category of, of mm. the eternal weight of glory that's in store for us in, in what was secured for us in the cross, what we experience from the Savior and will experience from the Savior in, in eternity to come, that will change the way we live. It will change the way we deal with other people. It'll change the way we deal with any kind of opposition, hardship, suffering, pain, frustration, discouragement, whatever it may be, whatever comes our way, as we grow in these things, we will be able to extend that very love of God in the midst of those those hard things. It's almost like you could say, as we behold him together, we'll be transformed together into the same image of Jesus 
through from the Holy Spirit, one degree of glory to another, Boom. like a, like a dog and his master. That's exactly. That's what I was oh, thinking. I remember that. Remember yeah, that? I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I th- I thought you should have. Uh, I thought you should have gotten some some great like a little slide deck together. Of, that would have been funny. It was a last you, moment analogy. Yeah, it's one of those on, ones that just on top of it, dude. Came 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 to me. Yeah. So yeah. so if you if you guys weren't here or you didn't listen to the stream. Charlie said, "Hey, have you ever seen those 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 dogs and owners that have been together for so many years that they that the dog starts to resemble the owner, and or the other way around, depending on the yeah, situation? Yeah, 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 yeah. But for our analogy, you know, God's the owner, the master, and we're we're the dog, and and He just invites us to come near and be, and and become more like Him to take on His His mannerisms and His mm. shape and His countenance and." I thought that was just a really beautiful picture of um, just, I think, like the proper relationship, you know, like yep. it's like, you know, because <laughs> as much as people like to think dogs are humans, they're not. Yeah, they're not. <laughs> okay. they're really right. <laughs> and and for but but we love them like like they are, you know, and that's that's the the the, the, the relationship mm, between, good. you know, and and. And there, there is a, a coming together in that that I think you, it's undeniable, and I think it helps us kind of figure that out. Yep. Yeah, or I think about even like our kids, like like Parker's a lot like you, Jude's a lot like you in ways. Like I'm sure one you'll be like, it, it's just natural that as they're following you, they'll become you. Yep, you know? for better or worse. Better or for worse. Thank, thankfully, we have a perfect yeah, loving like, father yeah. who fit, says, "I want to cap. make you a yeah. son and a daughter." And man, yeah, it's so good. Amen. On that note, I think we should just be done. Right? I feel like it seems like right. It seems like the right time. It was great. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we've had a long conversation. About yeah, it. Congratulations to you guys if you stuck it out. And the end of Pod Squad, we uh, we we commend you. Be told it was great. Hey, just a reminder: as you're processing and praying and chewing on these things this week, just remember that we have an opportunity in the face of things that can be sad and discouraging to instead. And trust him to God, be overflowing with hope, and glorify him in the lives around you. Yeah, we don't have to go crawl in some box somewhere. Yeah, nope. It's a nice box, though. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you on Sunday. Catch you again next week on Behold. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.